You're listening to The Humaning Podcast with real conversations as we call bullshit on everything capitalism, the patriarchy, and white supremacy culture has duped us into believing about self-care, mental health, fitness, wellness, and all things life. I am Steph Galante, and I created this show to support badass people doing solidarity work in pursuit of disrupting these systems in their lives and communities. Together, we'll discuss how systems of oppression are keeping us unwell and disconnected from ourselves and each other, and how to best support you in creating more aligned self-care practices that will help you human more easily. It's the shit we need to talk about. Hey there, party people. Welcome. Welcome back. The shit we need to talk about today is redefining and even reevaluating first, maybe, our definition of and relationship with intense. The word intense, the action or the feeling, the vibe of intense and intensity. And the reason is dominant culture, white supremacy culture, capitalism, it is built on power, force. And here's the thing, friends. It is causing so much, I was about to say disruption, but really just shit, honestly. Now, you might say, Steph, sometimes intense intensity is warranted. You are absolutely right. But not in the way that dominant culture says we should, right? Dominant culture wants us to be intense and have intensity all the time. Every moment of every day, every single day of every single month, every month out of the year, 365 days out of the year. Now, the definition of intense, and I Googled it, right, is of extreme force, degree, or strength. Having or showing strong feelings or opinions or extremely earnest or serious. And when it comes to being earnest, the definition here is resulting from or showing sincere and intense conviction. And for me, extremely earnest, that feels very different from extreme force, degree, or strength. Now, um, this week, we had the community circle on Tuesday um, and in case you missed it, that's our monthly group meditation. So mark your calendar for the next one, which is Tuesday, June 6th at 7.30 p.m. Eastern time, 4.30 p.m. Pacific time. And something I brought up to the group was this idea of intense and intensity. And remember that, or maybe you, you don't know, I don't know, I don't want to assume, but Western culture right? In this Western culture, intense and intensity is basically what shows your level of commitment or your level of determination, your focus, and also probability of success. Let's be real, right? Everywhere, whether it is in diet culture, in working out, in school, it's all about being intense showing your strength, whether that is your physical strength or your your mental strength, your ability to be disciplined, to be consistent. This is all very intense and with intensity, right? But all of this is also what stands in our way of some connections, of grace, 
of compassion, of flexibility, of problem solving in a way that doesn't come from being utterly frustrated. It stands in the way of creativity and of rest and so many other things. And when I was talking about this in the community circle, I was talking about intensity and intense in terms of a barrier to regularly practicing pranayama and meditation because that's what we were there to do in the community circle, right? And when I'm talking about a barrier to regularly practicing pranayama and meditation, that's in terms of, you know, just on a regular basis practicing outside of when you need the practice for support or coping in the moment. Right, so coming to the practice every morning or every night, you know, whenever you can carve out time, not in like a moment of feeling anxiety or frustration, and that's when you need to come to your breathing practice or um, when you, you know, calm yourself down, but you're kind of in a rut of what you're thinking and where your thoughts are, and so you sit to meditate, right? Outside of that, just any regular practice that you do. And the reason is... The reason there's a barrier when it comes to intense and intensity when we're focusing on that is because both breathing, pranayama, and meditation, both of these practices require a bit of spaciousness, a bit of openness, patience, and softness when you come to them. And so I often hear from people something along the lines of, I know meditation is great, but it's not for me, right? I can't sit and focus on my breath. I can't quiet my thoughts, you know, focusing on my breath feels like a waste of time and it would be time better spent on doing something quote unquote productive. Um, it's hard for me to just step away and, you know, turn inward. It feels uncomfortable. And of course it feels uncomfortable. It absolutely feels uncomfortable, right? If you are not, if you are in the practice of go, 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 of pushing, of being, of doing, of constantly being connected, of course, being quiet of tuning to your breath would be uncomfortable. Of course it would be because that's then when your thoughts are loudest and fastest is when you are not actively focusing on one thing or multiple things at once. When you're not actively doing damage control and all of the things. Think about it. If we are constantly intense or doing with intensity as in force, pressure, tension, right? What does intensity feel like? Think about something that you did today and you did it intense, intensely or in with intensity. Was there some sort of force present? When, was there some sort of pressure present or tension present? Maybe it was like the theme of your morning or your day. I don't know. But right. But when we are doing this all the time intensely with intensity, it's likely then that we won't have a relationship with spaciousness, openness, patience, and softness. And then it's going to become harder and harder to come to the practices of pranayama and meditation or anything that is quiet, inward focused, or reflective. You're not going to be in the practice of it. And so it's going to feel very uncomfortable. And there's going to be a learning curve and one that is quite large depending on you know, who you are and what your circumstances are. And there's no shame. Like this is not me judging you. This is me shining a light on what is and to show you there's nothing wrong with you, right? It's a product of the system. But what's really awesome is that you don't have to just find your way on your own. 
there are lots of, you know, opportunities for support. It's, um, you know, the, the pranayama and meditation are often weaved into the Holistic Self-Care Collective, which is my group mentorship program. And what is really beautiful is yoga philosophy offers us some practices to help us to kind of divest from intense intensity all the time. So letting it now be kind of situational when we choose. And so yoga philosophy offers us two niyamas. Niyamas are ethical behaviors towards ourselves. They are tools for inner strength and self-reflection that help us soften intensity and slow down a little bit, which I really feel these niyamas that we're going to be talking about today to be a really excuse me, wonderful balm to push, you know, to the push for intensity from dominant culture. Because that push for intensity, in my opinion, is really over the top. It's unnecessary and honestly can be damaging. And here's the thing. If you are a BIPOC person, right? If you are black, indigenous, person of color, I can only speak from my experience, but you may have had a similar experience where you were taught, you know, you had to work twice as hard for half as much. You may have experienced that. You may be in a situation where you are constantly having to prove your worth and your value, your knowledge, your humanity, your, um, you know, your right to, to be here safe and sound. Um, I mean, so many things. You may have to have had to provide for your family for many, many years. Um, You may have tons of responsibilities on your shoulders compared to other people who maybe don't hold your identity. So I understand that this can be a pretty um, sensitive topic. It could, it's also very nuanced and very layered. So I want to be very clear that I'm not just talking about this surface level. And so I understand if this conversation around intensity may, if you are a BIPOC person, may feel inaccessible. And I talk about this a lot with different aspects of self-care that I offer, right? It may feel inaccessible to you. It may feel very extreme or far-fetched. And you might be right, right now, because here's the reality. Are you feeling sustained and resourced right? By running yourself into the ground. Is it possible to maybe find a different way where you're still doing what you need to do? You're still getting what you need, but without running yourself into the ground, without, you know, completely just um, bypassing yourself. That's a question I have for you and only you can answer that. I mean, I know for me personally, I've had to divest from, you know, work twice as hard for half as much. Like I, I can't, I, I haven't been able to sustain that. I'm 41 years old and I got to a point where I couldn't do it anymore. I just couldn't. I had to figure out another way to attain success and also be able to pay the bills and, and, and do the things that I needed to, but in a resourced way. And you might not be there yet. You may be at a different place on your journey and that's fine, right? So I just wanted to un- to underscore this to ensure that you didn't feel alienated um, if that's where you're coming from. But regarding the niyamas, um, 
The first one we'll talk about is tapas, which is fiery discipline, fiery discipline. And the second one is fadiaya, which is self-study and self-reflection. Now tapas, this fiery discipline, it also translates to blaze, to burn, to shine. So this may come about in a feeling of heat, which is the discomfort that is part of breaking habitual thoughts and behaviors that aren't serving you for ones that will promote the transformation that you wish to have, right? So it's one thing to, you know, want to shift, want to achieve certain things, you know, change things up. It's another thing to actually come to the practice and come to the doing of it, right? And sometimes we've got to sit in the heat a little bit. It's also Practice through devotion, doing for yourself and for others what you know you need to for true support rather than simply sitting, you know, doing what's comfortable and habitual. This might also be through work without selfish motive in terms of continuing, right, of you doing the work you need to do in the world and, you know, furthering your career, furthering, you know, attaining status, whatever it is that you want, but making sure that it's not at the expense of others, especially those who are already oppressed and whose um, identities are more marginalized than yours. It's This practice is also in the development of strength in body, mind, and character, doing what's hard because you know it's worth it. And also tapas helps us to gain courage, wisdom, integrity, straightforwardness, and simplicity. And so how can we simplify things for ourselves? How can we be more straightforward rather than, you know, beating around the bush or procrastinating or, you know, taking a lot of time just kind of flitting from this to that to this and that, but really just being grounded and centered and focused. And um, one resource that I use a lot for uh, yoga philosophy and just teachings about self-awareness and community and communal living um, is um, the book Skill in Action from Michelle Cassandra Johnson. And this is, um, I'm going to quote from the second edition. Michelle writes, quote, to create a just world, one needs perseverance and passion to generate new ways of being. And so from a social justice aspect, she offers these questions. What sets your heart on fire as you engage in the practice of creating a just world? What minimizes your passion or fire to create new and more liberatory ways of being? What fuels your passion and fire as you strive to create new and more liberatory ways of being? And I think that these are really wonderful reflection questions to sit with because it uncovers, right, a new way of being intense without that push, go, 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 but that also centers your well-being and the well-being of others. Pretty cool, right? Now, the next niyama that I'm offering today is Svadhyaya, which is self-study, self-reflection. Michelle Cassandra Johnson in the second edition of Skill in Action also offers the definition absorbing spiritual wisdom and non-judgmental self-observation. Because friends, remember, in order to be able to find a better way forward or achieve the things that we want to achieve that's different from what we've ever done before, we have to be able to really be aware of what the hell it is that we're doing, how we're showing up and what needs to change, what's not working. And we have to be able to do this without judgment. That's key, right? Zero criticism, just notice what is, even the hard stuff, right? And we also have to be able to notice what is great without judging that either because sometimes we self-sabotage and we need to stop doing that shit. 
And so when it comes to Svadhyaya, self-study, self-reflection, absorbing spiritual wisdom, non-judgmental self-observation, Michelle Cassandra Johnson writes, this practice allows one to see themselves more clearly and to connect with the divine within, which will allow them to see the divine spark that exists in all beings, right? So it lessens the divide between us as humans. And so some of the teachings within this philosophy is there's a beginning but no end to knowledge about ourselves, about others, and the world we live in. So we can always be learning and unlearning. This might be practiced through an adoration for Lord, gods, or humanity. And it's also a practice of noticing what is, which for me, right, if we are really noticing what is and we are non-judgmental about it, then this is in practice the opposite of spiritually bypassing and gaslighting, two things that we really need to stop doing, right? We need to stop doing this because we allow society to condition us in a way where then we bypass ourselves and we also gaslight ourselves. Michelle also offers us these points of reflection in terms of using this for social justice. Why is it important to raise consciousness about systems of dominance, power, and oppression? What feels important about inner work as we try to create outer change? What triggers grab you the most when you are in conversations about power and um, and oppression across lines of difference? And what about when you share conversations with those who have the same identities? What is your default behavior when you experience being emotionally or mentally triggered or grabbed? And what would ground you or allow you to feel resourced in moments when you are working across differences and you feel triggered or grabbed? And so oftentimes, you know, our responses to things are with intensity, especially when we have an emotional connection where we are having a visceral response. But what if you were able to notice that about yourself and instead of react with it or bypass it or gaslight yourself and say, nope, I shouldn't be feeling this way. What if you honored it, but then were able to figure out a calm way forward that allows you to express yourself, that allows you to connect with the person across lines of difference or across similarity lines and have a conversation or maybe decide you want to disengage, but in a way that doesn't affect you in terms of um, stealing your joy, stealing your peace. So the question I have to you for you still is what if you reevaluated and redefined your relationship with intense and intensity? This is also really important because we're in the fourth month or fifth month, I should say fifth month because we're in May, fifth out of 12 months. So we need to be sustainable in our practices and sustained for the rest of the year. So less intense may be Noticing when you're pushing, 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 and just backing off a little bit, just a little bit. Maybe it's taking your foot off the gas for just a little bit of a slower pace. Maybe it is honoring the fact that maybe you don't want to move very fast right now. So not pushing yourself out of your comfort zone so much, maybe with words that are not kind, right? Maybe you begin to reevaluate rest practices. We've talked a lot about seven types of rest, physical, emotional, mental, social, spiritual, um, as well as um, sensory rest. What if you begin to leverage those practices as a way to soften intensity? Because here's the thing, friends, I'm not telling you don't be strong. Don't be focused. Don't um, 
you know, don't be earnest or, you know, don't be, um, you know, very passionate about something. That's not what I'm saying. But this extreme, I'm talking about this extreme that dominant culture has us in is what is not serving us and what is really leading to and perpetuating burnout is what is leaving us unwell and disconnected from ourselves and one another. And so I encourage you to consider this. What if you redefined intensity and intense? What might that look like? How could you maybe look at what you did today that was really intense and a little over the top and maybe adjust next time? In case you're looking for more guidance on this or any spring practices, there's still time to join the Spring Sanctuary for this Sunday, May 7th from 1 to 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Pacific. And you can register for that at stephgalante.com spring. And always stay connected, my friends. There's always something coming up that you can connect with me in real time via Zoom. And like I said, the next community circle is coming up in June. So I hope to see you. Please stay connected. Please be kind to yourself just as you would those who are most precious to you, whether that's a human, animal, baby, or a plant. And you know, I always love to hear from you um, regarding your thoughts about the support and the guidance, the questions that I offered. Please feel free to reach out to me and share them. And if you've been loving the show, I... I encourage you to please share it with your nearest and dearest and also leave a review or a rating. Above all, my friends, remember you are a badass and you are enough. Now go be your favorite self and be well. Humaning is a production of Steph Galante Self-Care, LLC. The show is produced by me, Steph Galante. You can find blog posts of some of the episodes on the episode page at stephgalante.com slash podcast, along with the transcript of today's episode and any other resources I shared today. If you're ready to create more aligned practices for yourself, head to stephgalante.com to learn more about creating a personalized self-care plan within the Holistic Self-Care Collective and coaching with me. You are a badass and you are enough. See you next time. Be well.